Do us a quick favor, guys. Hit the follow subscribe button. Share this with someone who would benefit from it. And help us grow, as the more we grow, the better the episodes will get. Thanks, guys, for helping us. And let's get into the episode. Welcome back to this episode of Sculpt Podcast. Today, we are going through Relentless. Now, I haven't done this in a while. And... I think the last episode I did of the Relentless series was about two months ago. And you can tell it's a Relentless series now because I've got the red light behind me. So, it's um, going to be a new thing. But, today, it is going through... When you're a cleanup, you make decisions, not suggestions. You know the answer, or everyone else is still asking questions. Now, when just going into that briefly... This is probably one of the hardest things that I've probably struggled with in terms of becoming a cleanup let's say. Uh, and that's because when either I have a perception of myself of which I am inferior, which in many cases I am in terms of the environment of which I enter, being decisive is a difficult skill if you know that your decisions are typically wrong. And that comes in a place of humility, but also knowing where you belong in the hierarchy. And this is where the delusion needs to come in. If I had the delusion to know that I should actually not have that way because that way serves me better, if I if I believe that all of the decisions that I, I make are the right ones, even if they aren't, I'm better off for believing that. But with a heightened level of self-awareness, it's harder to actually execute that. Now, this is where the highest level of self-awareness would say, okay, I know that I'm not at the level of decisiveness, but I know that for every decision that I make, believing that it is the right decision is a better thing for me than just knowing of knowing that everything I do may not be correct. And then eventually going with that, eventually over time you will become to the level, essentially, if you continue to, to be aware that you are in a state of delusion, although that delusion is serving you. Uh, that's quite a deep subject and I've, I've talked about it before but essentially the highest level of del- uh, the highest level of self-awareness should actually work in your favor in terms of delusion and in, in terms of a lot of different things in life but there to a degree delusion with no self-awareness is a good thing in certain areas of life but the best level will be a high the highest level of self-awareness knowing that you should be delusional even uh, well essentially you should just be delusional in in specific areas don't don't get me wrong there are many areas of which you shouldn't be delusional in but for sports for example or, or performance knowing that you need to work in this state of delusion this will serve you better because the only way that you can actually get to that point is by thinking that you're at that point from the get-go essentially but Let's get right into it. Okay. Three things you will never hear me talk about in a good way. Inner drive, passion, whether the glass is half full or half empty. Now, inner drive, I haven't explicitly spoken about that, but it kind of ties in with motivation. And passion, well, if you haven't seen that video on passion, then I would strongly recommend watching that. And if I remember, whilst I'm editing this, it will be up here or there. I don't know which side this will be on, but you can watch that and my thoughts about passion. Now, whether the glass is half full or half empty, I'm honestly probably 
not too familiar with that terminology and then why that like i know the optimist's perspective and whatnot but i don't even really know what that means necessarily so i don't really i think that's more of an american thing actually talking about whether the glass is half full or half empty um i probably just don't have enough education to speak on that even though it's a very surface level thing i believe um yeah i haven't really thought about it much before now you know what they all have in common they all translate into i thought about it and did nothing yeah, I mean, I, I I try and describe it as, oh my gosh, that's so much notes. That's ridiculous. Sorry. Um, How I think of it is that all of these like buzzwords, passion, drive, motivation, all of these things are people literally talk about them as externals, as if it's nothing from within their control. I, I recently, yesterday, just heard someone say that they want someone that motivates them. And I thought that is the, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Someone that motivates you. Think about that. You are literally saying that someone is going to essentially pick you up and make you do the things that you've always wanted to do. That is borderline, not even delusional, just ignorant. Now, I'm not going to start bashing someone uh, verbally for saying that, although it would be a bit of fun to do so. Um, essentially, what I see that is, is one, someone probably who isn't very aware of, uh, well, I'd say inexperienced, someone who's very inexperienced, someone who probably hasn't had much struggle. Uh, and, and I say that in not just struggle of which is being opposed onto someone, but struggle that's being chosen. I will speak about this in a future episode of where struggle you should struggle like you should actively choose to struggle but i'll talk about that later okay uh, this is actually ridiculous this page uh, i don't know if you can see that maybe it's a little bit hard but that is a full page of notes i am not going to get through that um oh and the next page and the next page a little bit less oh my gosh that's ridiculous okay there are so many notes. I don't know if you can even see that, but this page is completely stacked. I'm just going to go through. I'm going to try and find a few penciled ones, which are my old notes, if you don't remember or if you're new to the channel, as we do have a lot of new subscribers um, in perspective to how many subscribers have previously had. So it's not crazy, but relax. Um, I'll go through some old notes where it's penciled, and then I'll go through some good notes where it's written with pen. Without action completely worthless until those become external and convert to action okay so i need to designate a training session to just act on instinct that's actually a really interesting one um what that's talking about with context is tim grover talks about not thinking just doing and in football that's a massive thing but with that that also relies on a heavy amount of education because for me who's someone who isn't instinctively a footballer i have to educate myself on what to instinctively do so that count that comes to a lot of training and a lot of education so when i say need to designate a training session just to act on instinct it wouldn't it would honestly probably be more of a mental session where i'm actually analyzing and educating and then that instinct becomes more trained and then i'm able to level up upon that instinct but that's kind of deep um okay i said Okay, that one's a little bit crazy. Um, 
I, I basically just said think the 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 thing that I highlighted was completely worthless until those become those thoughts become external and convert to action. Now I said I think one of the reasons of why I see good things in my life is because I act on things. I say something, I do it. I tell you to do something, it's because I've done it before. Your word is very powerful and there's a reason why Tim Grover gets paid thousands of dollars to speak in front of people and why your mum doesn't. Actually, that was rude. I apologize. Um, your sister, why you don't get paid to speak in front of thousands of people. Maybe you do. But my point is, is that some people's word is more powerful than others. And that's not just because they have a nicer tone. Sometimes it is. But it's also because when they say something, it has validity. When I say something, I would hope it has validity. But you have reason to not believe it because maybe you don't see all the action. Now, when you see these most successful people speaking, the reason why you're able to see them and actually give validation towards them and why so many other people validate what they're saying is because they've done it or they're speaking on exceptional experiences and they're the most qualified people to do so. And that's why your word is everything. They're not saying anything. I mean, I could repeat exactly what Tim Grover is saying, but why is it that Tim Grover will be followed by millions and I'll be followed by very few? It's because... Everything of which Tim has said is backed up by everything that he has done. Now, I hope that that will also be me one day. And I hope that even this now will be used to validate everything of which I say in the future or validate everything of which I have said now. But your word is everything. And it's very important that you stick to your word. Or when you don't, you at least admit fault or you admit that you need to improve or get better at something. I made a really good post on LinkedIn about that actually a while ago. Okay. I'm going to have to skip through a lot of these notes because it's honestly like ridiculous. But someone else is already doing it. I like to think about that a lot um, when I'm thinking about like training. Something that really helped me when I was first getting into my training regime was I believe that I am very competitive long term. Short term? I don't care. Honestly, like to a degree, I kind of believe that short-term competitiveness would help me a little bit more, but because I'm so fixated on the long-term, I kind of disassociate from the short-term competitiveness. Now, what I talk, what I mean by that is a game goes by and I probably won't care too much if I lose or win because I know that in the future, what happened now I will learn from whether it's a win or a loss and in the future that will help me win more. Now, where that can hinder me is if I never actually transition that mindset. Now, I am aware of that and I do want to improve that because now it's becoming more of less of a uh, less of a future thing. The future is more now for me. Now, of course, that's always going to be the case. But what I mean by that is that my uh, the importance of me winning in football is much more relevant than it is now than it was three years ago. So shifting that mindset, being aware of that is going to be an important step for me to actually shift my competitiveness. Because for me, for example, I don't want to be, oh, sorry, 
I do want to be the best now, but I know that I may not be the best now. If I put in the work and I know that someone else is doing more than me, then I'm going to make sure that when I go to sleep, I know that I'm, I'm that kid who's big doing the most. Uh, something, maybe you know a friend of mine, Liam Miller, Charlie's brother, uh, who I started the podcast with. He is the one person who keeps me up at night. And I'm always thinking, I hope he didn't do more than me today. And I told him that one time and, and, and I thought it was quite quite funny because it's something that I don't have a problem with. A lot of people say that, I think even even Liam might, might say this, um, comparison is the thief of joy. Now, when I talk about me comparing myself to Liam's work ethic, which is amazing. Liam's got a brilliant work ethic. I can't fault anything he does. Uh, a great guy as well. We have many good conversations. And it's the same as Charlie, right? I can't fault, I can't fault that. Um, but they, they often talk about comparison as the thief of joy. Now, I probably don't have a, a, an established enough opinion about that, honestly, because I don't tend to compare myself to others too much, but I compare myself in terms of an accountability source. And what I do with that is I use Liam as an accountability source. I use Ronaldo as an accountability source. I'm thinking, I want to be doing more than Ronaldo. Now, of course, very situational. Ronaldo's like 38 or something, and I'm 19. But for Liam... We're at a similar uh, similar age. We can probably do a similar amount of work. Therefore, that's someone who I can use to keep me accountable. Even though, you know, I'm not checking every training session he does. Actually, I used to with Wood, but um, there's it's it's a distant source of accountability, and that's where my real competitiveness comes in. I believe. Okay, there's so many notes here. The positive thinkers want you to only visualize your success. The negative thinkers want you to focus on everything that could go wrong. Well, visualizing anything doesn't make it a reality and overthinking imaginary problems just generates fear and anxiety. I want you armed with reflexes and instincts, not Xanax. Interesting. Um, I think what that is kind of alluding to is... And, and this is also, also very individual, right? You've got Kobe, who would have been more of the overthinker who then trains to become a little bit in, in the middle. And then you've got MJ, who probably was just the... Um, I wouldn't say he's a positive thinker, but I would say that he's probably just naturally in, in that middle area, which works better. Now, Kobe would be more of an overthinker, like myself, and I don't have a problem with the overthinking nature. Uh, it definitely hinders and helps in other areas, but the best will help, will always make it. They will use that framework of overthinking to help them succeed in everything of which they want to. So what I mean by that is as much as overthinking may not help me right now, if I overthink enough and I have enough um, processes to deal with my overthinking, then I will be calibrating at a level or working at a level of which is much higher than anyone who is underthinking. And the underthinking can help to a degree in, in some aspects. Overthinking can help in others. Uh, but for football, for example, if I'm an overthinker, which doesn't help in football, if I train myself enough to be aware that overthinking is bad for me, and I train myself to just be a, a, a low-level thinker in the areas of which I need to be, and then still calibrate at that high level of thinking, then I will be able to do both, which helps, actually. Uh, so that's, a, that's food for thought. That's my opinion on it. Um, I do see it happening in my life as well. Uh, I'm young, so it's, I can't necessarily show through my results immediately. This will have to be something that you see in many a year time. But right now, this is kind of where my thinking is. 
Stop thinking. That's the next thing I just saw. I wrote, I need to stop thinking in training. Now, crack wait. Back onto what I was just saying then. I am an overthinker. If I'm able to train myself to stop overthinking in the situations of which it hinders me, then I'm getting the both of best, the both of best world. So in training, I've identified that I need to stop thinking in training. If I'm able to help myself train to stop thinking in training, then I've got the best of both worlds because I have the awareness to realize that that overthinking hinders me. I'm able to then address it. I'm able to then act. Sorry, I'm able to have the, I'm able to address it. I'm able to have the awareness around it. I'm able to act on it. And then I'm able to assess it. And I keep on doing those four A's of which I've talked about previously. And that is then able to help me act and have that awareness to address it and to actually fix that problem. Okay. You can't wait. Meanwhile, as you sit back doing nothing because you're afraid of making a mistake, someone is out there Someone else is out there making all kinds of mistakes, learning from them and getting where, getting to where you want to be and probably laughing at your weaknesses. Okay. Um, I said I should make an episode on this. Uh, yeah, genuinely, I think for me, I make so many mistakes day to day and I do so much more in terms of just do, 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 do. Whether it's good or bad, I will just do, do, do. Because I want to make those mistakes so that I learn from them. Because exactly what is said here is there's someone else who isn't doing them. And they're working in no man's land. They don't know what's right or wrong yet. They're just going with the flow essentially. And if I'm able to find out what is right and wrong just by doing. And it's very low stake, right? The things of which I do aren't life or death. I'm learning from them. Therefore, I'm finding out what works and what doesn't. I'm so much further than ahead, further ahead than the person who is just going with the flow. And over time, that truly will bear its head. Okay, they're not worrying about yours. People might be willing to help if they can, but ultimately it's on you. Get the best people around you, know your strengths and weaknesses, and trust others to do what they do best. But in the end, it's still your responsibility. Make a plan and execute. What's your plan? Everything starts with a simple thought. Every idea, every intention, every plan, every creation, it all started with a thought. Compounder. Uh, compound effect and flywheel effect. Start small. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You'll end up at the bottom of the mountain with a massive snowball. You make a choice and stand by it. Test the waters. You don't become unstoppable by following the crowd. You get there by doing something better then anyone else can do it. Improving every day why you're the best at what you do. You must know when someone like this... Sorry, you must know someone like this. Okay, what I wrote is when everyone goes right, we go left. Now, I actually switch it the other way around now. I think I say when everyone goes left, I go right. And I say that because right also means correct. Now, that is stupid that I even explain that. But... Little detail. Okay, I've said just do it at 100%, then you'll have an answer. If you do it at 95% and you get an, a result, you don't know if it's the 95% that got you there or the 5% that got you there. So do it with 100% because when you do something at 100%, you know the answer. It's more black and white. It's yes or no. If you do something at 99%, it could have been that 1% that got you there. 
Now, I'm going to think of an analogy. Oh, this is going to be a tough one. And I'm not going to get it because I'm thinking, but I also don't want to wait too long. So I'm going to just go on to the next page. But I hope that you can kind of see what I'm speaking about there, right? If I do something at 100%, even if I get it wrong, I know that that's not the right way of doing it. If I do something at 99%, it could have been that 1% that actually got me there. But statistically, it's probably the 99. But imagine if it is that 1%. Therefore, that 1%, I will never know about. And I've been doing it wrong the whole time if I continue to do the other 99%, even though it was the 1%. So I would rather fail on the 100% every single time to find out what that right way of doing it is. I, I, I believe that I've spoken quite a bit about that with Val previously. I'm just thinking back from some episodes around a year ago, potentially. No, maybe not a year ago, but from earlier this year, talking about failing and, and with 100% conviction. Conviction's a word I really like to use. Okay. Dabbling in a lot of things and succeeding at none. Wearing many hats is good. Having skill sets of a lot of different things is good. But the more and more I think about it, Having that base level, I think is a must, but excelling in one specific thing will actually give you the edge. And what I mean by that is, now I'll, I'll give it to you in a football way, because this is how I had this realization. Okay, Manuel Noel, he does the job well. All goalkeepers do the job well at that level. But the difference between Manuel Noel and Hugo Lloris is not that one is better at saving goals than the other. In fact, they're probably very similar. It's actually that Neuer has one thing of which he does exceptionally well, and Hugo Lloris is just that reliable goalkeeper who rarely makes the mistake, and he's just solid. He's just a solid goalkeeper. Neuer, okay, he'll make a mistake here and there. So will, so will Lloris. But Neuer will do something exceptionally well of which Lloris can't do. And that sets him apart. That's what makes him valuable. It's that that makes him valuable. It's not that he does everything better than everyone. He may do a lot of things better than most other people, but he does one thing really, really well. And when someone finds that and they're able to utilize that, you become 10 times more valuable. And yes, it's relying on, on that skill set being in demand but also you can make that skill set in demand like Neuer did we didn't know that we needed the modern the modern day goalkeeping style that Neuer had until Neuer did it now maybe I'm wrong with saying that because I wasn't really around prior to that uh in terms of knowing football and whatnot but from my understanding Neuer was the pioneer of the modern day goalkeeper and we didn't know that we needed that until Neuer started doing that and Neuer became the best goalkeeper in the world, in my opinion. And he became the most valuable goalkeeper in the world as well. Let me just quickly say, okay, I've got a few pages left, that's all right. How do you keep that from affecting you mentally? If you know you're going to have constant pain, can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Mesic uh, <laughs> mentally and physically, I meant to say. Uh... They're fine with that. It's a relief and they don't miss it. When a cleaner gets injured, he's going to find a way to outwork or go crazy trying. 
Yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that. Being there, done that. That's how the sculpted app came in, came into fruition. If you um are wondering how my most recent injury affected me, um, essentially, yes, I was doing football stuff in between, but my outworking came through creating something I believe to be revolutionary. Wait for the sculpted app. Okay. Grit and determination. Yep, okay. I don't know why I highlighted it, but I highlighted it. I don't think you've catched Tim Grover talking about grit and determination too much. Tim Grover is a little bit similar. No, I'm a little bit similar to Tim Grover in terms of using buzzwords and just literally just ch chucking them out because you don't like the use of them. The words at their base level, valid. But the usage of them, invalid. I don't know what the context was behind me highlighting grit and determination. I also don't know what the context was behind Tim Grover using it, but just a random one going on that, which is why I think also Tim said about passion and inner drive. As soon as I hear that, instantly I just want to get rid of it. It's a cliche. No discussion, no debate, no lame attempt to convince me he needed the morning off. Interesting, okay. Um, again, I probably shouldn't have Probably shouldn't have read that without contents, but we don't have much time. Well, we do have time, but I don't have much time. I've got a game in um a few hours, so I've got to get this done. Anyways, always looking for that extra edge. No room for error. Okay, let's go on some of the old notes. What separates him? This is called discipline. Different to burnout. That was a separate note. No emotion, no excuse, just action. I like that. So I said different to burnout. Um, I don't know the context of which I said that, but cool that I'm talking about that when I was quite young. This is um my old penciled notes. Because if you know me, I don't like the word burnout. Okay. Each of Kobe's workouts takes around 90 minutes and half hour and a half hour of that. Oh, yes. Let me try that again. Each of Kobe's workouts takes around 90 minutes and half an hour of that is spent just working his wrists, fingers, and ankles. All the details. I wrote, obsessed over the little things. Also wouldn't be focusing on intent. Oh, also wouldn't be focusing on intensity that much either. That's a good point. Um, something that I've come to realize in my later years of sculpting would be that you don't have to necessarily do things with intensity for example like something that i always used to do when i was a bit younger and it's probably fed into my eating disorder a little bit uh was just doing things at like 100 percent exertion just to burn as many calories as possible but efficiency wise that's not the best thing so if i'm able to do the same technique work or even better technique work at a lower intensity i'm actually getting more efficiency out of it because it's not necessarily how many calories you burn per day. It's not It's not about burning the most calories per day for football. Uh, it's actually about just getting the most out of your football sessions. Are you willing to make the decision to succeed? Interesting that it's a decision. It's more about sacrifice, right? What are you willing to sacrifice to achieve X, Y, and Z? If you sacrifice X, Y, and Z... Now, when we talk about sacrifice, it's not talking about you know the party that you're missing. Uh, although that may be a factor, it's so many other things. 
it maybe sacrifice the attention to something of which gives you more gratification or something that is completely unrelated, but it gives you that, uh, let's say, capacity to give more energy at another thing. Many different small intricate details of which sacrifice to the to the uh, naked eye doesn't really entail. Oh, okay, that's it. Uh, I'll go through a last little note. Um, nope, I won't go through that note. That is personal, and it's talking about a person, so I won't go through that. But that is chapter 11, I think it was, maybe chapter 10. So I hope that you got something out of that. Um, good to go through the notes. There was so much in there in terms of my notes. That's probably got to be one of my most heavily written uh, chapters in terms of notes. But yeah, um, I think we've only got a few chapters left. And good little series, you know. I think, um, let me just check how many we've got left. We've got one, two, three, four, five. Five chapters left. That's five episodes left of the Relentless series. So, um, yeah, keen to get that one ticked off the, the uh, what would we say? I don't know. I'm just glad to get that ticked off. Um, if you don't know why we're reading this, it's because I read this every three months. So I try and read it four times a year. And essentially, I wanted to go through some old notes together and to, yeah, do it with you guys. Um, also, help me tick one of it off in the three months. So, yeah, good little book. Um, you could say Tim Grover is um, someone who's heavily influenced a lot of things in my life. And, Tim, let's get you on an episode because I've only messaged you and emailed you and your team a hundred times or so. So, I'm, I'm here. Maybe reply would be nice. Um, I'm not like a super fan. I'd say I'm someone who admires. As a student, you know, you can probably tell. I've done uh, the jump tack. I've done, well, I've read Relentless many a time. Winning, done, everything, you know. Just a student, just a student of the game. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this one, and I'll catch you in the next episode.